it's a better feeling when you just start a small garbage fire on your balcony. That's an even better feeling, really. All right. I I just I it looked like I had to restart it, Trev. So it might not actually be that same link, but it's it says okay. recording live preparing on my screen. So yeah. I don't know what that means, but that's what it says. It says recording live and preparing. There's a couple little dots there in case we didn't understand that it's actually doing stuff. Preparing that that that. Yeah. Are we live? Go. I'm going to click go live. Okay, there's a go live button. Let's do it. All right. Well, how's it going? How are my fellow prisoners of pandemic, huh? Uh, you guys surviving? Happy, healthy? How do I... Like uh, I've got caught in a time yeah. loop. I'm not... I don't know how to share the right link, so... Uh, I'll share it with you during. Don't worry. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> this me, is definitely trial. This is our trial let me, one. Let me worry. Well, I like that. It. I like that. I mean, this is this is our this is our COVID experience. We're, we're now we're now experimenting with brand new vistas of technology, and, and, you know, and, and optimizing our whatever. Right. I don't have all the lingo down, but we're definitely doing whatever that interweave shit is, man. That's for sure. We are doing it right now. We're live on Zoom. I'm trying to figure out live on. We're definitely live on Facebook. But uh, if you're watching Facebook, it's slightly there's a lag in it compared to Zoom. So make sure you keep watching Zoom for. That's so they can bleep me if I say inappropriate shit from my basement. Right. Inappropriate. No, see, shit's not inappropriate. It's when I start talking about my feelings, you know. So when you start talking about the government, man, and then they start blacking you out. Ah, they wouldn't black me out. I'm I'm too inane for that shit. You were born in it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So I've been doing a whole lot of nothing during this this whole COVID thing. If it wasn't for, you know, Pornhub, whiskey, and uh, Nintendo Switch, I probably would have gone hopelessly mad by now. Not necessarily in that order. Well, sometimes all at the same time. Right. Why not? Anyway, here's to here's to living through it, ladies and gentlemen. Here's to living, living through it. Yeah, drink your coffee. I'm cheersing water. I'm in uh, quarantine. Well, I'm technically not in quarantine, but I'm in isolation like the rest of us. And uh, I told you, I'm uh, I'm been. Well, I wonder. Uh, maybe some of our viewers could help us out there, like uh, a discussion point of when forced to self isolate. Like, who uh, are people drinking a lot less? Like, some people oh. don't care; they'll have drinks they don't no matter what. Or some people, you know. I certainly am doing everything less. I mean, I just don't have the money or the time. I just, I can't, I'm not going to walk over to the LCBO every day. I just refuse to do that. Again, too much public exposure. I don't feel like being out that much. Um, but yeah, definitely not working in a bar right now limits the access to alcohol by an enormous margin. Right. But then again, it's probably a good thing. My liver's thanking me, I'm sure. Are you, is your liver at a point where it can receive, like, like, is this, is this like, is your liver like the, like the global, um, uh, our our climate where it's like it's so damaged is a little reprieve actually going to do something like is this break for your liver actually doing anything to it or is it just it's to just be fair, that worse 
Yeah, to be fair, I'm not a liver specialist, so I really don't know. But I can tell you this much. I haven't woke up seeing it on the coffee table next to me going, fuck this, I'm out. So, <laughs> you know, thus far, I think we're okay. It hasn't packed its bags. It's so maybe, that. maybe. And I assume, I assume generally being just, you know, not smoking as much, not drinking as much, all that other stuff is probably really good for you anyway. I mean, it just, that's what everyone says. So I, I may as well believe it. This is great. I'm going to quarantine once a year just to work on my health and fitness. That's that's my game plan. I'd be like, when's quarantine this year? Is it March again? Is quarantine March? And then I'm well, going to quarantine for six every, weeks. Everybody gets there two weeks uh, in a year. It's like, uh, do you right. talk to Lawrence? Oh, he's quarantining right now. Don't talk to him. Right. <laughs> and it's just like a health reset. You do your cleanses. You like reset your your mental framework and your your planner like it's i don't know about you guys but i found it beneficial to have your have the slate wiped clean of everything that you had to do and every place you had to be it sort for me it allows you to like construct your schedule from scratch again mm-hmm. like you're like who am i like everything that you were before is not what you were yeah. So you can it, create a new true. identity. Now you're it, it, it now would be a bit more helpful. Man. Yeah. 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 It would be a bit more helpful if we knew when it would pick up again. But barring that uncertainty, it reminds me of when I was away in Europe for like a couple months. And when I got back, like we all quit our jobs and went on this Euro trip and we got back, we had to pick our lives up again. It was really like I I graduated in uni- like university, so I, I didn't have any like career path and like I was doing a bit of a jobbing, but nothing too serious. When I got back, I was literally like, okay, like, what is my life? <laughs> right. That's what this well, goes That's kind of cathartic, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've already, I'm already Matt Damon from, um, from the Mars movie, from Martian. I've, uh, I'm growing potatoes out of my own feces, drinking my own urine, recycling things. And next thing you know, Don Cheadle's going to show up right behind you. <laughs> Yeah, but the problem with that, Larzy, is you've been doing that for years, so I don't right. understand how it's suddenly a thing. I saw your perfect. potato garden in the bathroom. I've been training, I've been training on isolation. I I, have, I can be very like lone wolfy sometimes. I haven't been recently because I've been because of Laughing Vikings and a lot of shows and things. But I this guy go, was used to live in Alaska, Mister Lone. Yeah, Wolf. I lived I lived in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I didn't like, know that. Like Wolverine, I just I was like, <laughs> like Wolverine. What do you mean, like naked in the forest in Alaska, exactly. like Wolverine? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. image. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be remembering that have, one in the morning. My scars have healed. That's the American Wolverine. Nice. That's right. <laughs> this is uh, this is good. Thank you. Thanks for hopping on this. This is wicked. I'm excited to be back. Uh, this is yeah, me too, boys. This, this is, is a good tech- format for it. This is technically season two, episode one, I suppose. So. Sure, yeah. And we should catch people up, um, for those of you who are just stumbling upon us from wherever you're looking at us right now. Uh, 39 Drunken Disorderlies. There's 31 episodes, full videos on YouTube right now. Yeah. Uh, and you can listen to all of those episodes on every podcast platform. And we're also developing 39 Drunken Disorderlies into a scripted series that um, you can binge watch during next quarantine, hopefully. And why aren't there 39 episodes, do you say? Uh, Well, because our producer fucked up to Africa. (laughs) 
What a good time for him to go home, though. I mean, oh that, that, I feel like that's every everyone wants to be home during this, so it's it's maybe it's a blessing in disguise for him. Well, and also a lot of African countries have made out pretty well during this whole pandemic because they don't have a whole lot of travel anyway. Right, yeah, not not a lot of immigration immigration at that point. So, right, the airport hubs aren't as uh, aren't as busy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the reasons for it. In fact, that's actually one of the mysteries of the spread of this whole thing. Some places are just absolutely hammered out flat and there's no differentiation. Like Italy, for example, there's really no differentiation between Italy's traffic and our traffic. I mean, not really. Right. So it's, it's, um, it's absolutely astounding that, that, that hundreds of thousands of people have lost their lives already. I mean, it's crazy. It's those Italian family dinners. Everyone's sharing the same bowl of spaghetti. That's I it. guess it's so, fun. man. Fun pizza. Also, also- the customary of like kissing on the cheek right. and stuff. People come in sharing fluids. It could be. It could be. It's a more huggy, more, more huggy, feely, touchy culture. I mean, here in the West, we are known for our personal space issues. Yeah, I mean, we're right. one of the few cultures that has like an inherent keep three feet away from me, and that's just social protocol. You know. Yeah. If you're a person who has a thing about like personal bubbles, you're loving this right now. You're oh like, yeah, this is, this is your wheelhouse. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're if you're a close talker, you're in a world of hurt right now. Right. Yeah, you're you're probably in the bathroom with a pack of razor blades already. If that's the case, you're like trying to get up to the mirror and just just talk close to somebody. Yeah, but then it fogs up and you can't see your own face. And you're like, no, no, that's crazy. I mean. Rich, Rich is loving this, you know, Rich is loving this because right. he's, he's a shut in anyway. Right. So the only thing he doesn't like is that he doesn't have me to bounce all of his like bad habits off of. <laughs> so, you know, he'll call me and be like, man, I'm just sitting here. And I'm like, yeah, but you're always just sitting there, you know? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, but it's different. I'm like, why? Cause they told you you can't leave. It's like, if you left the prison cell door open, he'd never right. go outside. But if you closed it, he'd bang his head against the bars, you know? Right. That's interesting. That's a real interesting social, like, psychology experience. Well, it's like the other day we were, we were driving past the park and we noticed that, like, there was kind of the public statement where it's like, you know, avoid public gatherings, don't go out, like, stay at home. And we drove past the park and there's just droves of people in the park, like, having wine, like, working out, like... And it's like they're doing it out of spite because they were told not to go out. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But are well, they? How, how close are they though? Because if it's people who are already spending to like, I don't have a problem with people being out right now. I don't think people have been told like it's illegal to be outside right, right. now. It's socially distanced. Don't be out. Obviously, the more you're out, the more chance to contact things. But if you're keeping your distance, you're not showing symptoms. You're not sick yourself like yeah okay that's fine but i saw i saw a kid's birthday party yeah going on in a park so there's like you know 10 families 20 kids and those kids were not socially distancing anything they're picking each other's nose and climbing trees. i mean they're five years old don't get me wrong i'm extremely sympathetic to children during this time i mean i'm sorry that would suck really hard not to be able to go out and play with your friends not to be able to go to school and see the people you're used to have your entire routine Kids haven't been going out to like play school, with their man. friends A lot of five-year-olds like school. Do you remember school when you were five? You know no, you did it. You played with blocks right. and had nap time and shit. Like, school right. was awesome. 
when they started like doing the whole algebra kick and like you actually had to learn shit that school got difficult, you know? The parents of that birthday party are like, hey, honey, do you want to create like mass genocide amongst the kids? <laughs> it's like those uh, chicken pox parties. They're, they're like, okay. why are these kids all singing Ring Around the Rosie? That Ring Around the Rosie, that song was like the, uh, the plague, plague like song. That. But it's also like kids holding hands and like spreading it. Ashes, well. ashes, we all fall down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure we do. And then we yeah. don't get back up again ever. No, that song is actually one of the died. creepiest children's songs ever. What really is it? Creepy. What is it? Ring around the rosy, which we don't know what rosy is, do we? Sure, we do. Yeah, it's uh, rosy line is part it's, of a. It's the it's the, I I think it's the mark of the plague. It was like these dots and and things. Ring around the rosy was what they described, like the lesions and the sores of whatever plague it was. They would also use heated glasses to try and get the uh, the pus out of those postules and it would leave a ring around the sore there you go that's it yeah yeah, yeah. and so the ring around the rosy pocket full of hosies, hosies. i think I that's they put the in pocket so you wouldn't smell the rotting corpses yeah <laughs> i believe it's like potpourri yeah. they packed yeah. they packed the dead guy's clothing full of loose flowers and stuff so they wouldn't stink so bad that's it that was the pre-formaldehyde Oh my or god! Just, or just too poor for formaldehyde because don't forget chemicals were a lot more expensive back in the day. And the original version is ashes, ashes. I think the the new version or the 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 the, the light version is husha, husha. Which husha is, yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah, we learned husha, husha. That's right, but that's why I said ashes, ashes. We all fall down. We all fall. <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's a lot of weird little children's ditties that are just scary, man. Because well, they were meant as they were meant as a, le- a lesson. The kids were supposed to learn something by singing the song over and over again. Remember that there is plague. Remember, you know that that people, a lot of people can die, and people do. I, it's weird because we don't teach our children about death that way anymore. Not as not as a cultural phenom, right? You know, if most kids learn about death when like goldfish dies or the puppy dies or something. Or if you're really unlucky, grandma passes away and that's when you hear about it, right? Right. And they don't really learn about it. They just kind of like see and experience this weird, odd thing and they don't really fully get it. Like, I feel like most kids, even when it happens, don't, don't. Sure. It, you know? Well, then you're we like that. the news you get too is just all numbers. It's just like you hear about X number of people dying in another country and like, Middle East or Southeast Asia, and you're like, okay, like doesn't really right. mean anything. It's very difficult to to actually visualize that, to put that into perspective. Yeah, you know, what I mean, if if like if literally you had bodies lying in the streets in downtown Toronto, it would be similar to Venice. I mean, they can't collect the dead fast enough. They had to call the army in to literally just drive around in trucks and shovel people into the back. I mean, it's pretty scary, you know. That's in Venice. Right. Yeah, that's in Italy. Yeah. And I guess I guess what I'm trying to say to all those people out there, you know, prisoners of pandemic like us, this is serious. This is a big deal. This is a global pandemic. This has never happened in my lifetime. You know, I mean, we've had illnesses like SARS and MERS and and H1N1 and stuff like that. But that's nothing compared to this. Nothing. Yeah, because look at how everything's affected. Speaking of prisoners, I read, I read that in Northern Ireland and in Scotland, they're going to have to start early releasing some of their prisoners. In the newspaper, I read they were going to do that here too. They're like pushing for it pretty big. Hundreds of crims on the street, man. 
Well, again, though, a lot of these guys are, for example, at the end of a four-year term or something for a nonviolent offense like drug possession or, I don't know, something stupid, right? They're not, they're, not, they're not turning out like the mass murderers and the child rapists. I mean, it's not how this goes. So, so are the, the idea that to get them out of the prison system so that they're not there to pass it around or what? What's the deal? Why? Well, think about prison, right? I mean, the cells are side by side. Your sanitation is marginal. Um, you're in close quarters with people literally 24 hours a day. If a COVID outbreak were to explode inside a correctional institution, it would run wildfire through it. The same thing happened with uh, stomach flu at um, Kingston Penn. They had this really, really serious version of, I don't know, some stomach flu that hit Kingston Penitentiary. And like 88% of the inmates who weren't in like solitary confinement all came down with this really powerful stomach flu. Now, can you imagine having 500 guys on a block all shitting and puking their guts out for days at a time? That's nasty. Now, imagine if you have a respiratory disease that spreads via airborne contamination. You can't go anywhere. You can't social distance. If the guy in the cell next to you is sick as a dog and dying of this, you're going to get it and you know it. Mm. And at that point, you have a health epidemic on your hands. And what's worse than that is that goes all in the taxpayer's dime at that point because these are prisoners. They're, you know, wards of the state. So I guess from an economic standpoint, the government's trying to say, well, what do we actually want to pay for, right? Do we want to pay for treating people at home, treating people who have to be hospitalized, or do we want to pay for continuous medical care for thousands of inmates, right? Interesting. And I don't think they have the facilities either because you can't just, those guys can't, a lot of these guys can't go to a normal hospital because they're under, you know, they're, they're in jail. So they have to go to the high security wings of very specific hospitals. And those hospitals just don't have the capacity to handle that kind of load. The moral of the story, don't, don't get go to jail and don't go to jail. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't break the law. That's going to happen. I get it. Right. I get it. What I'm saying is don't go to jail. Just don't do it. Take a note out of this man's book. 39 times. 39 times has he yeah. had to be booked. No jail. <laughs> yeah, you've had 39 drunken disorderly charges and you've never, you've never spent time in jail. I spent, we, I, spent, I spent a night in, but that was for a completely unrelated, well, I guess it wasn't unrelated, but it wasn't like a thing. I, I turned myself in for a minor mischief charge because I got, uh, you know what, it's probably time for that story. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been saving that one up for a while. I may as well drop the bomb on this one. I'm, yeah, I'm switching us back. Drunken disorderly charges oh, and you've never, one sec. never spent time in jail. Shit. Sorry, live, was, live, live broadcasting. Yeah, that was me doing like an inception. We lost, we've lost the live Facebook uh, feed a couple times, so I've sort of been in the background. If you ever notice me like zone out and I'm not here for a minute, I'm. Yeah, I figured just technically working on it. Right, right. Yeah, you see my like, like large. He's just listening to the voices in I his just, head instead of I us. Just this flip morning. off like, uh, like the. Um, the android in that what's the alien movie where uh what's his name fassbender plays him he just shuts it's alien i think it's called alien covenant <laughs> in in covenant oh. anyways anyway there was yeah. androids and alien too right the one that goes crazy oh right yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then this you know and then this bishop 
Right. No, Bishop, don't pin my hand on the table and stab knives into my fingers. No. That was a great scene. Come on, everyone remembers that. Everybody in high school, I remember everybody tried at least once to do that stupid thing with like a pencil at least. You know, the put your hand flat on the table, do the click, 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 click between your fingers faster and faster. See, the unfortunate thing for me was I was in public school. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, but like kids, we weren't in high school yet. We're stupid. We're doing that like kids what are we doing oh yeah i had a friend of mine nearly cut his pinky finger off with his with his swiss army knife doing exactly that in grade eight <laughs> hilarious what was his name his name was steven and he steven. cut his finger swiss army steven yeah. yeah it was it was swiss army steven you know the one thing he didn't have in that knife was a new pinky finger it was great <laughs> <laughs> tweezers magnifying glass knife scissors little saw nail file fuck no finger all That's things great. to get rid of a finger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, except for the corkscrew. You'd have to really, really want it to get rid of a finger with a corkscrew, man. Like, really want it. Just imagine it. I know you're thinking it all right now. You're thinking taking a corkscrew to your finger, how long that would take to saw your finger off with a corkscrew. It'd be horrifying. There's we like a, a whole saw movie in that, you know? Taking a corkscrew to you. Bob, uh, Bob and Trev, we got... We got some people. We got Camille saying, hey, guys. We got Jabril saying, what up, my people? Hey, Bob. Hey, hey. Is that on Facebook there? Yeah, that's on the Facebook Live. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks yeah, for yeah. joining us. Awesome, guys. Seriously, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. Joining us in the internet land. It's pretty amazing. And, oh, fuck me. It just, it just ended again. God damn it. We're figuring this out right now. Facebook Live doesn't love us. I'm telling you. Facebook Live. This is a weird thing for the podcast people to be listening to right now because they're hearing uh, they're hearing me curse about something that's unrelated to them. Sorry, so podcast. Is this listener. recording on our podcast? Uh, yeah, technically, yeah. That's yeah. okay. I mean, we've, we've made it abundantly clear this is a live format. We're recording a we're recording a master right now, but it keeps it occasionally drops out the uh, the Facebook Live for some reason. Right, going back. All right, let me hop on the live again, Bob, before you tell this story. Yeah, um, so I'm waiting for it. I, I get the stall, drift. Stall for a moment. So yeah. you're obviously invited, but you know. What's something positive? Share something positive that you've seen, or what's a silver lining that you think is going to come out of this? Well, for me, I, I don't like, know. I don't know what a silver lining is going to be in this, but I can tell you that for me personally, I spent a lot of time with my dad and my sister just here in the house. And they are some of the most genuine and awesome people you could ever want to hang out with. So, you know, just like playing legend of Zelda on my, on my switch and, and chatting with them and having political conversations, with my dad over breakfast and stuff like that. It's been different because normally I'm not home very much. You know, I'm always running around. I'm working all weekend. You know, Tuesday nights, I'm off at my D&D game. I stay there. Mondays, I, for a long time, I was at your place for the podcast. I'm just not – I wasn't around at all. Right. So being, around, so being around more and having a chance to sort of connect and chat with my family has been actually pretty cool. That's yeah, something I've always wanted to do more of. So it's nice that I get the opportunity circumstances notwithstanding i mean it kind of sucks yeah. that we have to yeah. do this in a quarantine but it's nice that we can do it so i mean that that's the silver lining for me right 
Yeah, totally. This is, I had a, I've like every, every, we're, I think we're all having more face-to-face conversations with people at a distance than we would before. Usually if people are at a distance, we default to texts right now, which is kind yeah. of lazy and disconnected well, and, and texts or DMs, but to be live video with someone is basically like being in the room with them. So yeah, it feels good. I'm like, don't text me. Just fucking video call me. What are you doing? Right. This is the future. You know, I'm just sitting at home. Yeah, there's also the fact, too, that when you when you do talk to somebody, even like my neighbor, he'll be standing on his porch, and I'll be on my porch having a smoke reading the newspaper in the morning, right? And he looks over and goes, oh, hey, Bob, what's up? And I'm like, oh, hey, man, what's up? And 10-minute conversation. I've never talked to this guy before. Right. You know? Right. But people are, people are in need of social outlets. Yeah. So I've actually met most of my neighbors. Like, I take short walks. Every day I walk for at least an hour. I go out down to the beachfront. I live right next to the to the Rouge Park Beach, right across from the Pickering Nuclear Power Plant. <laughs> so you know, I keep my iodine pills in my back pocket. But um, no place better to be in an apocalypse than right next to the nuclear plant, huh? Actually, to be fair, this is not one of those things that's going to shut down the nuclear station. So if the power goes out everywhere else, I know where I can go plug in. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Bob's sitting outside or sitting in the lobby of the nuclear plant with his cell phone plugged in to the nuclear plant. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or just come walking in one day with one of these long cord reels and start laying out, you know, an extension cord. Like, just don't mind me, boys. It's okay. Sitting outside in the truck, like, with you know, everything plugged in. Totally. I'm just trying to picture, like, a, a real-life Simpsons where it's like, you're somehow Homer and you're going to meet a, a, a Mr. Burns and a Smithers in there. You might very well. I remember actually a few months ago when the, I don't know if you guys got this, there was an Amber Alert yeah, about the Pickering power plant. Mm-hmm. I was at work. It was the middle of the night. It's like five, six o'clock, no, four or five o'clock in the morning. And I, we got this Amber Alert and it turned out, it was a big news story for a couple of days. It turned out that it was all a false alarm. Some, somebody initiated an emergency protocol right. by accident, which immediately sent this like, broadband everyone's gonna die message to like everybody right well, was this my dad was at home asleep and i got this i got this message on my phone so i called my dad and woke him up and i'm like you're not turn on the news man like pickering's melting down across the you know across the bay from you right and it turned out like i said it turned out it was nothing but uh that was that was just a couple months ago good to know yeah, i remember that i remember that now months ago yeah yeah that wasn't long ago. No, it was like, I can't remember exactly when it was, all sort of a blur, but it happened. Again, I was at work. It was like four in the morning. And I was like, I got to run outside and call my dad. I'm like, sorry, guys. I, give I me just a remember being like, this must be a mistake because if it's not, we're fine. <laughs> That's the other thing, right? If, if, if it really did melt down hard and fast, although nuclear meltdowns don't usually go quickly. You know, it's yeah. not one of those, the plant doesn't just explode. Like they yeah, start I've seen burning Ch- and melting. I've seen you Chernobyl. I get the gist. Like even Chernobyl, it took days oh, before yeah. Chernobyl finally exploded, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they knew what was going on. The Russians just didn't want to talk about it because that was during the Soviet Union, right? Yeah. It was not happening. We are Great fine. The Facebook Live just went down again. God damn it. Uh, 
You know, people in podcast land listening to this, what you're getting is you're getting is the frustration of technology coming through in our voices here. Right. And enlarges enlarges jiggly face because every time he pushes the buttons on his on his keyboard, his monitor wiggles a bit, which makes his webcam shake. Kind of looks mm-hmm. like he's in the shaky shack or like having a minor earthquake there at the studio. We're figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. Do we need to look up troubleshooting a Facebook Live video dying while Zoom? I mean, eventually, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think it's for today we power through it and uh, we get what we want on the Zoom. And uh, people tune in on Facebook, they get a small dose of Bob and that's that, you know. That's it. Just a, just a, a teaser, just a little bit. First one's free. But I have full faith in all of our collective abilities to uh, figure it out. But uh, this is the, <laughs> the Facebook Live is a bonus, anyways. That was a bonus for today. But it's like when thing. you're picking your dry scalp and you get that first little bit, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's just a teaser." There's more where that came from. Right? Yeah. It's I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Head and shoulders, pal. <laughs> Head and shoulders. Three words. Okay. I got it. I got it. It's all there, and then it's not. I'll just keep going, re-going live, um, yeah. which is annoying for anyone trying to actually watch it because they every few minutes they get a new link. But whatever, you know. There was a that that's that's a first world problem where people are like, yeah. "Oh, my yeah. Wi-Fi is lagging, and I can't talk to this person directly in real time in the same room, even though they're across the fucking globe right now." What the what hell, Lars? What would we have done, my, my, like, maybe, I guess, more than 10 years ago? If this pandemic had, had come, like, I mean, webcams were around, I guess, in 2006. But, like, I mean, my computer's webcam that I tried using the other day is from 2007, this laptop. And that that webcam makes me look like I'm calling from the moon. So, yeah. like... What would we have done if we couldn't do this? Like, we'd have fucked if we had, like... Well, what's amazing is I'm sitting here with my broken-ass cell phone with this cracked screen sitting in front of me on an easel, and I'm looking at the photographs and looking at the video footage, and it's HD. And I'm like, what? It's crazy. That's crazy. That's the, I mean, that's the world we live in. It's amazing, but it's also kind of crazy. We would have been so screwed if we didn't have this technology to connect us. We'd just be calling each other on the telephone... Oh, right. The old telephone. That's true. Actually, you're probably oh, we, right you know, we'd all have party lines. It was even further back in history. So you just pick up the line and wait for someone in the house down the road to pick up their line and just chat for a while. Oh, right. hey, Mavis, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, Martha. <laughs> just waiting for the cows to come back, you know. Be fantastic, bro. Party lines are great, though. But imagine if you were having like an affair, right? And all you've got is the party line. So you got to pick up the phone. You're going to call the woman and just be like, really, really listen, really carefully for clicks to make sure no one else is there. Be like, (laughs) okay, okay. Meet me by the barn in half an hour. What was that, Jacob? Nothing, nothing. It's fantastic. Just talking to the goat. (laughs) Uh, The phone fell off the receiver. I I wasn't talking to you. Sorry, Isaac. Bye. Click, you know. Isaac. I don't know why I'm giving all these people with party lines like Amish names. The Amish don't even use the bloody phone. So I guess I'm just sort of, I have this like predisposed, you know, prejudice that all of the past after before like 1960 was nothing but Mennonites and Amish people. You know, I just don't, which is obviously not true. Zero sophistication whatsoever. So yeah. did you have a story you wanted to tell while we've been waiting for all this technical stuff that 
I, I do. I do. It's, it's, a, it's, a, for anymore. it's kind of a stupid one, but it's a good one. Yeah. It's sort of the, it's sort of, it's sort of the story that sums up how I figured out that I had all these drunken disorderlies and such. So I was out for uh, St. Patty's day. Go figure Ugh. with a bunch of my mates. And at the time we were all punk rocker dudes, you know, so like leather jackets and slicked out hair and stuff like that. We're all, you know, I looked pretty much the same, although I had a shorter beard. Go figure. Um, and we had been just tying it on for a couple of days, like just nuts. And St. Patty's Day turned into like St. Patty's Week. And then uh, anyway, so we're, we're trekking down Bathurst Street. And it was the middle of the night. And, you know, my friends, are, a lot of my friends, anyway, most of my friends are a lot smaller than me. As I guess everyone freaking knows. So people are running along and jumping up and hanging on this street signs, you know, like this is, this is like when a Clapison street or whatever, and they're hanging on the street. Sign. So I walked up to the same street sign and rather than jumping in the air, I just reached up, put my arms on it and hung on it. Well, anyway, it bent completely in half. It's because they're made of like, I didn't know this at the time, but they're made of really cheap aluminum and stuff. And even the frame, which looks pretty sturdy is not. So, huh. It just kind of bent. <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as it bends, I hear whoop, whoop behind me. And I'm like, son of a bitch, are you kidding? Like all night long, tying it up, running down the street like lunatics. Now, now, at that precise moment. So there's two cops sitting there. They light me up. They're like, hey, you guys all get up against the wall over here. We were right by... Uh, Queen and Bathurst, just a bit north, I think a block and a half north. And there was an, an old bar that had closed in this parking lot. And they made all my friends sit on the ground against the wall. <laughs> and I told the cop, I mean, maybe he thought I was mouthy or just an asshole, but I have a bad knee from a car accident. And at that time, I was still young enough that it was still pretty bad. And I said, I'm, I can't sit on the ground like that. And he starts like, why, are you lipping off to me? And I said, no, but if I sit on the ground like that, I won't be able to get back up. And I'm not putting myself in a situation where I can't stand up and you guys are just standing over me. That's not happening. Sorry. No way. So the guy's like, sure thing there, troublemaker, in the back of the car for you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. So I sat there and I went over it. You know, the guys are giving me this whole rundown of this and that and stirring me up. And finally I said, guys, I bent a fucking street sign. Like, write me the goddamn ticket. I'll bend it back if you want. <laughs> you know, but but otherwise, like fuck off. This is over. This whole thing is ridiculous. So the cops are like, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, no, seriously. I've reached that point now. Charge me with something, or write the bloody ticket, or let me go. That's it. That's all you got here. There's nothing else going on. Nice. You know. So the guy wrote me the ticket, and I snatched it. It was like a four hundred and something dollar ticket. Jeez. Yeah, pretty absurd. Because they, you know. They charged it with, it was a ticket for mischief under 5,000. Yeah. Oh. But the thing is, it's way under 5,000. Like a street sign, $5,000. No, I don't think so. Maybe like. It's supposed to be mischief under 1,000, I would think. I, well, whatever. They, they hit me with mischief under five. That's brutal. So anyway, um, I went down the street and threw the ticket into the drop box in front of the native house and never paid it because that's what they do. And, but what I didn't do is I didn't read the fine print on the back of the ticket. 
That's what I didn't do because I didn't think there would be any. I figured this is nonsense. It's just a ticket. I'm a broke ass. I'll drop it in the box, whatever. Um, turns out on the back of the ticket, they wanted me to come in for fingerprinting. Well, okay. I didn't know that. So I never went. And, you know, a couple weeks went by, month maybe. And I was working at another after hours location at another spot. And a couple cops came in for a noise complaint. Really cool dudes, not going to shit on the police. For the most part, they're actually pretty cool guys. These guys came in and said, look, you guys got to keep the noise down, yada, yada, yada. What's your name? I, I told them my name's Bob, blah, 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 carry on. It's like, okay, guys, keep the noise down. We don't want to come back and deal with this shit. You know, they're usually pretty cool with that. So I was like, okay, cool. So they left. And about an hour later, the cop calls me on my cell phone because he took my number. And he says, uh, Mr. Malcolm, I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you, are you aware that you're arrestable right now? <laughs> and, you're arrestable. Isn't everyone arrestable at any kind? Well, actually, no. If you haven't committed a crime, you're not. Okay, that's good. Uh, if you're not guilty of anything, that's cops good. can't just show up and arrest you. It right, that makes sense. So makes sense. I was like, well, what are you talking about, man? And he says, I have a bench warrant here for your arrest. What? You failed to... Yeah, you failed to appear for fingerprinting, and the judge dropped a bench warrant on you because of it. So I was like, ah, uh, okay. And it's like Saturday, you know, at like 3, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning kind of thing, right? So again, the cops being super, super responsible, super cool. The guy says, look, we can come and pick you up. But if we do, you're going to spend the weekend in because you can't get a court date for this till Monday morning. Or you can turn yourself in Monday morning, bright and early, and we'll just pretend we never saw you. So I was like, okay, well, given the option, obviously I'm going to work the weekend and turn myself in on Monday morning, right? So I finished my shifts and Monday morning, I went to my buddy's place, gave him my wallet, gave him my phone, all the things I didn't want to bring with me and get, you know, bagged and tagged and went to, uh, the police station turn myself in it was weird because i ended up having think was that that was um 14th like just near bathurst and uh i can't remember exactly where it is just just uh just west of bathurst and dundas i think cool. it was weird though because i ended up having to sit down with um i ended up having to sit down with a, a detective so i sat in this like interrogation room for like i don't know how long and i'd worked all night so it was you know monday morning work sunday so I was really tired and just sort of like leaning on this table. These guys brought me some coffee. They were all pretty cool. But when I walked in, it was like that opening, you know, that, that, that police officer scene in Terminator, right? I walked in, sunglasses on, and I'm like, hi, I'm here to turn myself in. And there's this collective gasp. Everyone like takes a deep breath in and hands kind of float towards holsters. And they're thinking like he's going to say, I have a dead body in my trunk or something, right? And meanwhile, I'm like, uh, I failed to appear for fingerprinting and stuff, yo. They're like, oh, Okay. Okay. You're just, a, you're just an asshole. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You look really dangerous, but you're just here because you're kind of a prick. And I'm like, yeah, kind that's, of a degenerate. That's, okay. That's it. Cool. So anyway, went through this whole process, ended up, you know, ended up in a paddy wagon heading to uh, Old City Hall because um, that was where the court appointment was. And I had a really weird encounter in the in the paddy wagon. I was riding with this uh, native guy. And he was going in to do some actual time, like a couple months. 
and he didn't have a hair elastic. And I, I was wearing my hair in a ponytail at the time. And there's this prejudice, I guess, in prison against long hair if you can't back it up. You know, they think you're a stool pigeon or you're just, you know, up for the raping or whatever, right? <laughs> so he asked me if he could have my hair elastic because he was doing real time. And I was just going in to fucking pile some paperwork and walk out, basically. So I was like, yeah, man, sure. Not thinking, of course, that my hair is all frizzy and I'm going to look like a complete maniac in court now, right? It just didn't occur to me. So, I, you know, I ended up in this cell for, I guess it was about four or five hours. It was not really a long time. But it was the weirdest experience. I had some guy pick tobacco out of his ass and asked me if I wanted to smoke fucking this like toilet paper rolled tobacco, man. And I was like, I'm only going to be in here till I get my court appointment, man. I am not nearly desperate enough to smoke anything that just came out of your ass, dude. Like, I don't know. Come on. And, and smoke also, some ass tobacco. Smoke some ass tobacco. But also, I mean, the guy, again, he wasn't in there for any length of time either. So I was thinking to myself, this is just a holding cell for court appointments. If you're that desperate for smokes that you're sticking tobacco up your ass for like a three-hour stint, you got fucking problems, man. Straight up problems. So I was like, no, keep your goddamn ass back away from me. Go sit over there. Fucking, I don't want to talk about anything going into or coming out of your ass anymore. This is over. Pulled my coat over my head and just laid on a bench and was like, we're no longer doing this whole like talking to other people thing. Like that's not happening anymore. This is definitely done for. Well, I got to, I finally got to my court appointment. And I walked in and the, the judge is, you know, running through the dockets and she takes one look at me, right? And decides that I'm like, I'm one of the Blues Brothers or some biker asshole or something. She just decides she hates me right away. Like, can't stand me. I'm an ass. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm the worst. So she's, she says, Mr. Malcolm, do you know why you're here? And I'm like, yeah, I figured it out. You know, I'm supposed to get fingerprinted, which happened last night. So I guess that's dealt with, right? We're good. She's like, no, no, no do you understand the seriousness of the situation? I'm like, well, no, not really. Cause I bent a street sign and failed to get fingerprinted for it. That's not really very serious. You guys are kind of, you know, making mountains out of molehills. Again, the story of my life, what I should have said was fucking nothing. I should have said, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. It's okay, ma'am. Blah, blah, blah. But I can't do that. Especially when I'm tired and I'm cranky and I feel like I'm being persecuted. I get, I get fucking mouthy. That's just a fact. So, she goes through this whole, basically a character assassination of the way I look and that, you know, I'm a violent West end community leader or some oh. jazz like this. And which is all bullshit, obviously. Right. And finally she goes, is there anything you should think you should avoid in the future, Mr. Malcolm? And I said, street signs. Okay. She goes, no, no, I think it's alcohol. That's your problem, sir. And she goes, do you know? And I'm like, did I know what? Did you have 39 drunken disorderly citations on your record? And I was like, hmm, that's quite a few. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't know that. So I got and got my comeuppance, though, because she slapped these conditions on my bail. Like, you can't be in possession of or anywhere near alcohol for like a month or something. But I knew full well that because I work in a bar and it's a minor non-indictable offense that that's actually an illegal requirement because you can't deny me my livelihood right. for, for an offense of that minor in nature. So actually she, she's really smug. She's like, well, this is, this will show you blah, blah, blah. And I leaned in and said, actually, no, I'm, I work in a bar. I'm around alcohol all the time. Um, you can't deny me my, my right to work because of this minor 
you know, non-addictable offense. So, boo! I I got under house arrest for a bit. I had to I had to do a ludicrous amount of parole. I uh, ended up having to fight this court case for six months because the cops wrote up this enormous document claiming that I was like a gang member or something. And I ended up getting it all thrown out. And I'll, I'll tell you, thank God for fifth level reading averages and people who just can't write. <laughs> honestly, the fact that these cops, the notebook, the notebook was so illegible yeah. that even blown up onto, onto 18 by 12, it was completely unreadable. So the judge ended up throwing out the entirety of the police statement. And since they'd never deemed to show up for such a minor case, you couldn't hear their point of view. So all the evidence against me, which is simply that vanished. And it was great. I'm in the courtroom. I had to defend myself. It was a weird situation. Really, really weird because I was the criminal. The criminal case was too minor. I didn't qualify for legal aid, but I, but I couldn't afford a lawyer and I had to go to court. So I really had no choice but to um, defend myself. I mean, luckily, I'm not, you know, stupid. So I managed to do that. But it took an enormous amount of work. And uh, finally, I mean, when I got this, when I had this paperwork thrown out, I just basically brought a section up to the judge. And I said, if you can read even a single paragraph of this, then I, whatever, I'll take whatever punishment you want to throw at me. But I said, I don't understand any of these words. I don't know what the hell this is supposed to mean. I have no idea what these photographs are of, like pictures of random cars and stuff that had nothing to do with me. So, <laughs> no, I'm serious. It was really wild. Like it was a, it was a document. When I got the documents, it was a stack of papers like this thick for bending. Remember, this all started because I bent a fucking street sign. Okay. Keep that in mind. Stack yeah, of documents. Know, yeah. This thick. So, the guy tried to read out loud one sentence of the, the, the cop's report. Couldn't. It's just like, and he just threw the sheaf of papers down on the table. I was like, this is, this is gone. This is not evidence. This is like, this is evidence that this guy needs to learn how to read and write. Basically. That's all this is evidence of. So I was like, huzzah. And I asked for community service in the springboard program. And I ended up getting 90 hours. The guy in front of me who beat his wife, who was standing next to his girlfriend's there, this big shiner, his wife said this big black guy who beat his wife, got 44 hours of community service. I got 90. So when the judge asked me, he's like, again, what I should have said was fucking nothing. I should have kept my mouth shut, but I can't. He said, do you have any further comment? And I just said, yeah, I wish I hadn't bent the street sign and beaten my wife instead. (laughs) And the judge was like, Mr. Malcolm, get the fuck out of here, please. Like, just go before you make this worse. And I'm like, okay, yep, that's right. Verbal diarrhea almost putting me in jail. So I bailed and, yeah, did my 90 hours community service at the coolest the coolest and most hilarious place ever, man. I worked at this uh, thrift shop run by a charity. I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to disparage them. They're really actually decent people. I'm just a, a bit of an ass and the whole thing was kind of ridiculous. Right. But I got this, when I got there, I got an, a half an hour long lecture on stapler safety. Yes. Stapler safety. Stapler because safety. One of the, that's right. Because one of the things I was supposed to be doing was taking these tags for all the used clothing. Right. And either writing, take a tape measure, you measure it, 
that if it's over a certain size, it's a large. If it's under a certain size, it's a small. And otherwise, it's a medium. And you take a little tag, you write S, L, or M on it, and staple the tag to the collar, like to the shirt sleeve or whatever, right? Well, the woman working back there, a lot of these people are just, you know, people on welfare collecting a little bit extra money by community service help and stuff like that. Some of these people aren't the brightest. And some of these are like sad little criminals like me who got, you know, community service and ended up there. Again, not, not the most genius lot in the world. Nice enough people, but kind of dim. So she was going on like about how dangerous the stapler is. And I mean, it's just a table stapler, like exactly the kind of stapler you'd see at any desk anywhere, right? I don't know how you have one around here. But anyway, the point is, made me laugh. I had to go on about the stapler thing. So about two hours into my first day, and I'm a punk rocker. We used to, you know, used to put like safety pins through our lips and stuff like that just because it was cool, right? So I took one of the tags and I just sort of put it against my forehead and went and just hammered a staple. Not all the way in, but just enough that yeah. it stuck to my forehead, right? And I came out and she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, you were right. That stapler is really, really dangerous. <laughs> there it is. There it is, Trevor. That's the one. Exactly like that. Exactly. Lethal weapon you have in your hands there, sir. Wait, let's so, see if I can get a shot at you guys. Nice. <laughs> so, Again, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a pretty awesome scenario. But that, that, my friends, is how I discovered the 39 drunken disorderlies, was that stupid court case. My question out of that whole story is, tell me more about this mystery box uh, at the native facility where you drop ticket. I haven't mentioned this before to you. I think you may have. I'm pretty sure it's in one of the episodes. Side Um, note real quick before you answer that. uh, Camille Blot says, Bob, you are the ultimate storyteller. Uh, Also, I think we had uh, Nabbers, McNabb, try to join the Zoom. If you want to send him another invite, I can let him in. I wanted to give him a proper intro and not a story, though. So if he wants to come back yeah i just I, I meant to send him the live feed i think i sent him the other one instead but i'm sort of uh also inceptioning um instagram living it right now instead since that seems to be a more reliable feed so you can send people to instagram right now um and if they're not instagrammers uh they need to follow us so it's a good time to plug at 39 dd show if you're listening or watching or wherever you're discovering this Follow us on Instagram, and that's where you can find some of the daily musings of Giant Bob as well. He's- yeah, I'm kind of my, – my random crack thoughts while I'm wandering around, like I start singing in the rain while drinking a beer, things like that, you know. I love it, man. I love seeing – you're into that kind of thing, there's lots of it. I'm so happy that you're on Instagram. You're, you're, famously, um, you're famously not on social media for the most part, but then uh, yeah. we've, we've all twisted your arm to hop on Instagram. And I love it just selfishly because I get to see you more often than I would normally. So, and I get Aww, to well, that's really sweet, pal. Yeah, it's great. People and people love you. I've I have access to the account, obviously, so I see comments and I see uh, DMs. By the way, check the messages too. I'm trying not to reply because I feel like people are are messaging you and want to. I have been checking them. I'm I'm not again. I apologize to those out there who haven't been getting a lot of um, a lot of the Bob love in return. I'm still kind of a neophyte when it comes to the entire Instagram yeah. thing. Yeah, so, as I, so as I, as I learn more and more about it and participate more and more, you know, like I took one of those stupid photographs with a little dog nose and stuff on just cause I discovered the feature. It was like, ah, 
And I'm sure that was like really big for people in 99. And now it's just sort of like, oh, well, what the hell's Bob doing? But I thought it was pretty funny. I pretty love that. I showed that to a bunch of people. People love that. Big Bob with little puppy ears and puppy eyes. It was great. That's right. Yeah, and you're all, so you're all sort of taking this journey of discovery with me into the, into the Instagram world because I don't know anything about it. So at 39DD show or hashtag uh, 39DD show. And that's probably the best way for people to directly interact aside from hopping on one of these lives when we work these out a little bit yeah. more to have guests on. That's well, yeah, if you want to ask me a question or talk to me or whatever, that's probably the only place I'll see it. So, I mean, I might see it. I might not. Don't take offense if I don't. But if I do, I'll, I'll comment. I like commenting. I usually and say funny little things to people or, you know. And if you don't have a cell phone or social media, then just go to the Pickering Nuclear Plant and hang out, out back of that. And you'll see Bob That's right. around. Follow the orange extension cord to the bushes next to the, the watering tank <laughs> on line four. There's a little beach there. Can't miss me. Yeah, just, just remember, it's clothing optional. <laughs> That's great. Great. So, but yeah, uh, uh, back, to answer back your to question, question. Yeah. To answer your question, and I don't know if this is still a thing, but it was. And for the longest time, at Bathurst and Queen on the north side of the street, there was a Native Homeless Outreach Center. Um, I can't remember the name of it, so please forgive me if I don't know that. Yada, 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 right? Actually, I think it was called The Meeting Place, now that I think about that. But anyhow, part of the charitable organization, and I probably shouldn't have done it, take advantage of that shit, but... Uh, a lot of homeless people can't afford to pay fines and tickets and whatnot and get them anyway, um, especially marginalized peoples, okay? So they had a drop box at this center where people less privileged than me, sorry, folks, you know, I'm an ass, which you already know, could drop tickets and they'd basically be paid either by the welfare system, the government, or, or charitable institutions. So I, whenever I got tickets as a young drunk punk rocker, I used to just drop them in there. Uh, and the reason for that being you don't get a criminal record if the ticket gets paid. So that's one of the reasons that I have never spent much time in dealing with the authorities. I've always had, you know, the wherewithal to avoid them. So. Touche. So that's, hey. that's the answer to the question. Look hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Again, can you turn What's it on, guys? Can you turn it on? Hey, buddy. There Boom! You there he is. There you go. We, uh, all right. All right. Some of you may recognize uh, Nabbers here. Is that a joint in your hand, too? Yeah, I got a joint. I'm just about to spark. I'm here uh, on the stoop. This is great. Yeah, I can You're... see that. I can, I can see your home address on the wall behind you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Technically, you're the first guest of season two. This would be episode 32 or season two, episode one. And the yeah. first guest brings a joint to share with I everyone. Am, oh, I'm here. honored, guys. Cheers. Let, are, light it up and then the, blow it into the camera so we can all get a little bit of it. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Are we in the uh, potted plan right now? <laughs> oh, is that a home grow? I think this he's is, got... This is not homegrown. However... Uh, did have uh, did have some homegrown earlier. My cousin uh, was trying to get rid of uh, a large quantity. 
But uh, yeah, you seem to be doing all right with that. Just in time. What a great way to have a bunch of extra weed on hand. That's perfect timing. Yeah, seriously. Not a bad, not a bad moment. A little bit serendipitous, you would say, huh? That's way better than stockpiling yeah. toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk about weed. You know what I did? I uh, a few years ago, Miranda and I, that's my girlfriend, we went to uh, we went to Bangkok. We went to Thailand, we went to a bunch of different places. And in uh, Asia, they don't have like there's their sewage system, their septic system can't uh, take all this toilet paper. So uh, uh, they don't use bidets, they do bum guns. And you see these little bum guns everywhere. And like, and it's just like a little, it has the same attachment as your garden hose, the little squeeze nozzle. And you just uh, shoot it all down. So I grabbed one off Amazon, you know, why not? It's like 40 bucks. And uh, I'm on the same roll since lockdown. This is week three. And I'm still on the one toilet paper roll. Wow. Yeah. So you just use it. Because you, you have your handheld bidet. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like that's what that is, right? That's, that's the poor Asian man's bidet is what you, what you purchased on Amazon. Yeah. It's a handheld bidet, but it's also a lot more tactical because now I can like clean off the dog's paws real easily. And it just all shoots into the, into the toilet bowl. It's brilliant. It's like very versatile, dynamic. Yeah. That's very strange, Matt. That's very strange. It's I love it. It's very strange. It's a bidet to go. Yeah. Oh, Miranda. I just think the handheld bidet is a fantastic concept. Like, how ludicrous is that? Oh, what you doing? Oh, I'm just hosing off my junk, you know? Oh, it's great. It's great. And I got these, I got these, uh, I got this mirrored bathroom closet. So you just like, it's like floor to ceiling. Watch yourself spray nozzle down your bunghole. It's brilliant. So for all those water sports fans at home, you know, you know, I know where McNabb lives. You can see his home address there and he's got all of your handheld bidet needs. Just come on over. It's wall to wall. Nothing but watching yourself spray your own rectum with a tiny hose. That's great, pal. I love that. That's uh, that's going to keep me up at night for sure. That's one step away from a redneck bidet, which is a garden hose and a slip and slide. Nice. <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah, you just you just you just go on the one cheek, you know, and you just lift up one cheek and just give yourself a little, just one of these in the in the in the mirror, you know. I'd fuck me like one of those, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you rub the nipples a little bit. I'd fuck me. <laughs> Isn't it That's funny good. how like it. just a little bit of water has totally sexualized all your shits? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You become Buffalo Bill because of your hand bidet, right? And not just because of the hand bidet, but because there's no warm toggle. Like there's no, it's, it's freezing cold water. It numbs your asshole if you do it too long. So if anything was going to turn you into a serial killer, that's, that'd be it. What, the frosty bunghole from your hand bidet? Yeah, okay. Frozen bunghole. I love that. I I I see you in court. I see you in court and the judge is like, so why did you do it? Frozen bunghole, man. Hand bidet, you know, turned me crazy. Went buck. I'm 100% picturing you with a super soaker right now. Just the largest super soaker on high. Just blasting. Like the Master Blaster 3000. Max Force 900. 30 pumps and you blow one of your cheeks off. Puncture a nut with that thing, you know? Yeah, be careful. You can cut yourself. (laughs) Man. Nice. You ever heard of Puffin? 
which is a really weird thing. I don't know why I'm thinking. I know why I'm thinking about this. McNabb got me on the air, the, the fucking water hose, the butt. So I started thinking about hoses and assholes and all of a sudden it occurred to me. So there's this fucking trend, stupid teenagers and shit going to fucking gas stations. And you know, the air compressor for filling up your tires. <laughs> yeah. So it literally, because I don't know, I guess it's like, it's like having someone play with your, your internal bits or what have you, except you just sort of, wow. so the problem is there's a lot of pressure in those compressors. And if you screw that up, you can really, really hurt yourself. Yeah. You blow a hole in your insides completely. Well, you can explode things. You can explode things. Right. Cause you know, I mean, luckily you've got an enormous amount of lower intestine. So really right. it takes quite a while to inflate enough to blow a hole in it. But if you're not careful, you can do some pretty intense damage to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I just love the idea of some guy walking into an emergency room and having to explain what he did, like why there's just blood pouring out the back of his pants and shit, you know? Having to explain, you know, this is my buds. I got kind of drunk, went to the Esso station and blew up my intestine with the compressor, man. Like, I just <laughs> – it's that kind of shit that, you know, th that always baffles my mind. I, I see I these articles. I feel like if you put enough air in, you could like walk around with like loaded farts for a while. You could right. for sure. You'd also be ridiculously buoyant, so you could win like the swim meet. You know, like yo, you guys, you guys never seen that porno with that with that Russian woman, and she's like getting the hose up the ass, and like she's getting like all the pressure, and then she's like, she's like, keep going, keep going. All right, that's enough. <laughs> 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 and then afterwards she's like holding it she like waddles over a few feet and then just bends over and just fire hoses <laughs> and like the guy the guy running the, the the video you can just tell he's just such a scumbag he's like this fat sweaty Italian guy he's just being like what do you want a guy a girl huh? what do you want <laughs> just fucking a mule a hose up your butt what do you need <laughs> we got what you need Ask McNabber. He bought one. Ah! <laughs> I wonder if you applied enough of that air. Do you think you could just back the whole system up so shit's just flying out your mouth? Probably not. No? You don't think? Probably not. Because the minute the minute the sphincter from your stomach to your intestinal system was breached, you would be in a horrible place. Like all the stomach acid would be. Yeah, yeah I see. That so would be bad news. You wouldn't make right it that there. far. Yeah. No, I don't think you would. Worse than that, you might just compact everything, right? Right. right to the up. point where, like, you basically can't take a shit ever again. You just like, <laughs> you know, like you've just made one solid mass at the very end of the very top of your intestine. <laughs> Jeez, I'm surprised Jackass never did that. Let's myth bust this. Let's message MythBusters <laughs> and say we heard if you stick a tire compressor air pump up your ass, you can blast shit out your ass. What happens? Do you yeah, yeah, Adam that? Savage, could you please sit on this compressor? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if he'd do it. Although I'm sure they have a, you know, what would they use as like a simulacrum rectum? Though, you know, they like build things like <laughs> this, is, this is our fake, this is our fake bullet gel anus, and we're gonna, you know, like I don't know, man. No, they use they use calamari. That's that's what they use. Oh. It's the new installment of the chicken cannon. Right. Oh man. <laughs> taken to a terrible place right there McNabb you gotta link up the video link up the video 
What video? What? <laughs> That's how high he is. What uh, video? His videos? Video you just video? Are you recording this? Oh man, I'm in front of my house. <laughs> I was I wasn't ready for that. No, but you said look look up a video no, or I said link, link up, up the, video. the video. Link up. I was joking. We're not oh, going to yeah. link the video. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I thought you had sent, I thought you had posted the video and you're like, no, no, go no, check no. it out. Go check no, the link. I never, I don't need to see it. Your description is enough. I never need to see that. <laughs> I would love to walk by the street now in front of your house and see you talking to your flower pot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually, actually my uh, water bottle talking to a water bottle. Thank you. <laughs> you and the water sports, man. What's going right. on here? Just, you know, can't stress the importance of staying hydrated. And hydrating others. What's your, uh, is that you your... You can't t- rehydrate up your bum. It doesn't work that way. That's your lockdown quarantine tip. Who, McNabbers? Yeah, stay hydrated. Hey, give us your quarantine tips, Nabs. Stay hydrated. Squirt, squirt. That's it. Squirt. <laughs> stay hydrated. Take her to the bathroom. He Do doesn't, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't mind quarantine. He just spends a lot more time in his personal handheld bidet. That's it. He's great. He's like, what? Quarantine is perfect. I'll just fold the cheek over and get a little bit of spray in there. Woo. Also, Two weeks, no problem. Also, time. <laughs> amazing. I love every second of it. McNag's McNab's sep- second tip is, uh, stay hydrated. Don't forget to bring a towel. Because he's high. <laughs> yeah, and he needs a towel for his ass. That's amazing. You got it right there. You just figured it out. Nailed it. You know, you actually give it, like, just just hang out an extra 10 seconds after your shit, after you've uh, sprayed everything down. And I dare say uh, you don't even really need anything. You just pull the, pull the boxers and go on your day. Any residual dampness gets soaked up by your boxers and you forget about it. Five ten minutes later, really, it's not like you're walking around with wet boxers because like nobody fucking wants that. Let's be real. But really, the science, the science behind this has definitely been overthought, man. Like for right. sure, we've now we've now literally dedicated twenty minutes to spraying water up your crack. Like that's amazing, by the way, gentlemen. Thank you for no, that. No, but you got to normalize it, man. Like it's it's not a I big deal. Used to normalize that. I know. I I will discuss. So you'd it. rather, but you'd rather you'd rather scrape paper across your yeah, asshole that's right would you, would you ever scrape paper against your body to shower no that's the rest of your body's getting cleaned by spraying water on it so why not your asshole the only exception you're going to make is the dirtiest part of your body and you're going to scrape dry pieces of of paper across it and <laughs> and, and, and like, <laughs> it's, it's I'm with actually actually yes i am and i'll tell you why because I, for one, I don't take like nine showers a day, but occasionally I've had like four or five shits. So the convenience of cleaning oneself is very different. Also, you're not always going to be somewhere where there's like, you know, your handy hose ready to stick up your butt. You know what I mean? Like you're in a porta potty on a job site. Like, sorry guys, could you run the hose from the, uh, the water tank on the, uh, Cement mixer over here. I got to spray my ass off in this portalette. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> what? You have no bum gun? You uncultured swine. <laughs> I cannot work in these conditions. 
It's actually <laughs> funny. We're going to get a little history lesson. But that's full circle. It's full circle because the Persians used to think that the Mongols and the Chinese were were absolutely lowbrow because they used toilet paper to clean their bums instead of wet rags or their hand. And now the Chinese invented the squirt gun for your butt. So they've come like hmm. the, the circle is complete, you see. And you've had your history lesson for the day. So there you go. Inventors of toilet paper, you know. What would they, they call a shit rag, those Persians? I have no idea. That was well, not in the translation. Been, that'd be like the worst April Fool's joke is like, get up to wash your face in the day and like, you gave it, oh, it's a shit oh, rag. Oh, yeah, you swap rags? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, old, yeah the, old, the old swap. Get a, fucking, get a skid mark right up your fucking forehead. Like, oh, oh, God. Uh, I read this book that I read this gangster novel when I was a kid and the big boss, he was this retiree that lived in Florida and he had this chihuahua with a skin condition and uh, it made his asshole like really dry and cheap. So he carried around this lip balm to constantly like repucker the chihuahua's asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But he had the same one for his own lips and like partway through the book, he switches them and he can't, and he's like, he's using it absent-minded. And then he's like, oh, fuck. Which one was which? <laughs> That's a good product. Yeah. Man, the young, the young adult book section at the library at your school was a lot different than mine. I'm telling you right now. Oh, the old man hooked that up. Yeah, that wasn't at the library. No was, doubt. Your dad's you know. like, boy, read this book. because There's a puckering anus dog with a bunch of chafing. It's great. You'll love it. <laughs> That's if exactly what happened, this, actually. Funny story. That's exactly what If happened. I give him this book about puckering dogs' anuses, then in years from now, he's going to want a squirt gun for his own anus. <laughs> and he'll never abuse yeah. chapstick. Both true. This shit was like Inception. Nabo, I think you have two brilliant business ideas. I think you need to go into bum guns. Maybe Big Bob's bum, gu- bum guns could be our spinoff. Yeah, I'll certify them. I'll be like, this one is this one is definitely hard enough for uh, you know. And bum think about bum. how much more chapstick the world can move if people are chapsticking their little dogs' buttholes every day. I have Lars. a very little dog, as do you, Lars. And I swear, if I ever catch you chapsticking your dog's <laughs> asshole, we're not friends anymore. All right, that's done. That's over the line. You're a I'll monster. put up a lot of generate behavior, like nabber spraying his ass with a fucking little hand pump or whatever. That's cool. But that, no, we've reached a point now. No return there. That's Just not. because I love my dog more than you love your dog? Is that why? Yes, that's why. <laughs> no, it's because of the way in which you love your dog. Right. You well, see, we're not love there. Is, love is an interesting word for jamming chapstick up <laughs> the back of a small animal. If that's how you express your love, then I'm really glad I don't love you that way. You see? <laughs> Big Bob, you can still sign off on that though, man. Picture this. Big Bob's, uh, like Big Bob's puckered chihuahua asshole lip balm. And Big, Bob's Bob's butt bomb. Big Bob's butt bomb. Right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's the thing. I will sign off on, I, I will put my face on packaging that I will never use. That's for sure. I have no problem with that. And I will go on TV like <laughs> Yeah, go on TV, go on TV like that slap chop guy and just like talk it up. Be like, yeah, nothing's greater than buggering your dog with chapstick. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem with that at all. Just just bugger your problems one chapstick loop at a time. Like you can make it, you can make it so it's actually a chapstick ring. So it's not like a stick, right? So you just sort of go, you know, like, oh, hey, 
You could play like in the infomercials when the people are doing it wrong in black and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you stick the, yeah. did you just stick the chapstick too far up your dog's ass? Oh, like, oh. It's great. Yeah. Getting frustrated, just like, oh, come on. <laughs> if only there was a better way. So for those of you at home, for those of you at home, this is what this is what pandemic does to people like us, you see. Now, now we're podcasting, talking about we've again we've gone on this amazing tangent, and I love you guys, and I'm sure I am sure that people at home needed and wanted an in-depth discussion about dog ass chapstick. I'm sure they did. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it more than I thought I ever could. So, right there, seal of approval. Everything you know? devolves to shit in times of chaos. This is why this is why they call it the shit. Right. Well, vet- veterinary clinics are open and like medical supply places are open. So naturally, it seems like uh, asshole chapstick for your dog is an essential service. <laughs> May as well be. Get to work on that. You know, you can just buy normal chapstick and just change the labels, right? Just start selling them online. Yeah, yeah. it's just know. branding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just- Open up a little Etsy store online. This is brilliant. We need to do this stuff, guys. Come on. Guys, there are so many stupid products we should make. Like my buddy Rich, because his name is Richard, the opportunities just never end. Like Dick's Nuts. You got to put them in your mouth. Right? Love it. Dick's, Dick's Ice Cream called Dick's Licks. <laughs> Love it. Dick's Licks. I mean, it writes the shit writes itself. And, you know, it could be anything. Like just Ben and Jerry's with another label, right? Like, oh, it looks like Rocky Road. Well, you've been licking it wrong, you know? Like, whatever. It's brilliant. I've seen, uh, I've seen camel towing around town, the tow trucks. That's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen that, too. That's pretty genius, man. <laughs> That's pretty genius. We just need to compete. Man. We need to make moose knuckle towing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like it. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the quite the rhyming laissez-faire to it but hey there was a guy uh, who installed garage doors in alberta in edmonton and his business was called well hung garage doors not bad <laughs> it's brilliant yeah jabril contractor in town and i've seen this guy i'm not i'm not i'm not talking about his work i have no idea what his work ethic is but i just never hire him personally i wouldn't no matter what it's this contract right on the side of his truck it says nine fingers left renovations and construction nice see wow i don't know if you can see this but that's that's 10 whole digits right there right uh if you're hiring a contractor has propensity for cutting his fingers off what the fuck do you think he's doing to your bathroom you know what i'm saying like not engendering the trust right away you see what i mean like probably a bad sales pitch although for branding's sake I mean, I know the name of his fucking company, and I've only seen the truck a few times, so I guess that works. You're going to remember it. But, I mean, you get desperate. I've said, oh, man, who's going to fix my, my, you know, my broken sink? And they're like, I know, that guy that cuts his fingers off. Let's call that guy. Yeah. That's an experience I want to have. All right, I gotta I gotta jump in and sign off because it's past my bedtime. Yeah, let's let's all wrap it up right now. No need to jump. It's done. We're uh, we we gotta pull. We've come full circle, right? Uh, we come back to shit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna give um, you the I'm gonna be ultimate extreme super close up, and I'm gonna say, stay inside, asshats. 
It's a pandemic. It's not a joke. Don't go outside. Don't kill your kids. Don't kill yourself. Stay inside, please. For the sake of those of you in weaker health health conditions, do it. You, you don't want to kill grandma because you're a douche. Just don't do it, okay? We love you. Be healthy. Be safe. All right? And while you're inside, watch 31 episodes on YouTube and all your podcast yeah. platforms and follow Bob at 39DD Show so you can check in with him Absolutely. Uh, in the hours. Absolutely. We'll fucking Instagram me if you're that fucking bored. If you think you have to go outside, Instagram me instead because, frankly, I will, I will talk you down, man. And if I don't talk you down, I'll at least insult you until you stay inside because you'll feel terrible about yourself. Only one anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the key here is feeling bad about yourself if you go outside. That's the core concept and the main takeaway. Yes, exactly. Don't be a dick. Take care of each other. Be healthy. Be safe. That's right. You know, we're all counting on each other in this time of crisis. So fucking man up. Live up to it. Stand proud. Be strong. You know, don't kill grandma. Once again, there you have it. If I can do it, you can do it. That's just a fact. All right. Later. 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 Bye. Hey, good job, everybody. Y'all. Peace out. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you. How do you? How do you do it? Go away.